You are now listening to the Skin Talk Podcast with Lo and Faith. Two solo estheticians come together for a fun and knowledgeable sit down about skincare and business, all while juggling the life of motherhood and entrepreneurship. Join us every Monday and get ready to learn a little and laugh a lot. All right, it's another episode of our part four series of Aesthetic School. You're now listening to Skin Talk with Lo and Faith, and we're excited to be almost done with the series and wrapping up with the state board topic. Yeah, this is a fun-ish, more in-depth, educational, kind of like nerve-wracking part to your journey in aesthetic school. 100%. This isn't going to be like the funniest episode or <laughs> anything like yeah. that, unless we laugh at our past selves for mistakes we made because yeah. state board is pretty serious. Um, and that's, you know, it's definitely when you're needing to buckle down and make sure that every, all the past 600 hours that you just spent in school is absorbed and able to um, pass these two exams that you have coming up. Yeah, this will probably be the most uh, helpful episode out of all four parts like actual helpful like details in it not just like advice here and there things like that this is like helping you in this very important part of your journey yeah 100 percent um I don't know uh how you felt Faith when it was coming up to state board but I was definitely a little nervous I felt a little all over the place but then at the same time I felt calm knowing that they had prepared me what were some of the thoughts that you had going into state board before we get into all the more detailed stuff um practical not too nervous honestly I felt like we had everything ready and prepped very strategically that that part wasn't nervous to me um written way more nervous plus I had to reschedule mine because I ended up giving birth the weekend that I was supposed to take mine so (laughs) I feel like it it kind of helped me I got a little extra time to prepare but right that was the more nerve-wracking part because I'm I'm not a test taker practical is different practical like you're physically doing something my mind works better that way but you know the lengthy in-depth medical scientific questions not my strong suit but we made it I definitely the first one. we definitely made it did you okay I was gonna ask did you pass on the first one because I don't know yeah. if you remember but me I think Tink Shawnee and a couple other people took the test together and like one or two people didn't pass yeah I, I know I, I swear a good chunk of our class had to retake the written yeah, exam. I a think lot everybody of had to retake. Everybody passed the practical, which is yeah. going to be your easiest go. But um, I think I got a high eighty something on the written. Yeah, it was definitely a like pack in studying the two three nights before and just memorization. Honestly, one hundred percent. I got a ninety six on the on the written exam, but. I'm just a good test taker. I feel like I'm a good genuinely. Person. I feel like I'm not. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that I didn't do good because I didn't know it because I definitely knew it, but I also feel like I'm just really good at taking those types of tests. So that also helped me, but, um, there isn't too much to worry about as long as you stay prepared. I feel like that's kind of what 
both you could kind of get out of what we both ju just said is just making sure that you studied beforehand, um, especially for that written exam. Yeah, learning your so, study style too. Definitely. That's 100%. And there's so many different ways to study, which I guess we can discuss that really quick before diving into um, what were some of the ways that you studied for your practice uh, for your written exam? Um, and practical, I guess. Did you also, if you practice running through it one time, the practical? I definitely didn't practice practical. I might have found like some YouTube videos on people talking about it, but written just a lot of like I made a lot of flashcards I did a lot of the like there's an app I can't remember the name of the app that we studied on a lot I think it you pay like a one-time thing and then you could just practice test on there and then which I think was better because what did we learn what what we in school what book did we learn with um it was oh I actually have it right here in front of me that's funny let me see what it was called it was the salon fundamentals of aesthetics it wasn't milady they had just changed yeah. it that year like from milady to that so it's the salon fundamentals of aesthetics i studied a lot of milady and i think that helped yeah i did not just study what was in my thing and i had also purchased a um pre-test like from the actual exam um yeah the national exam thing and so I just looked that up before this podcast and you can actually purchase it right now for $39 um and you have access to it for like two weeks and you can go on there and practice as well um that really helped me a lot too yeah I remember uh, who was it Karima that she bought some kind of practice test as well and I mm -hmm. believe I used hers too that was really helpful that flashcards and the practice milady um app that lets you practice questions yes that practice app was good too I did like that that helped me prepare um and you always had so, it on so you could just pull it out exactly and just study whatever and I would definitely say making sure you're just constantly studying um is definitely important like you can't just leave school and be like oh I'm done Woo, let's take the test like no yeah there were things on that test that like I don't even feel like you learned that much in school but it was still on the test because you oh, have to remember like this good. isn't like a yeah it was like a good amount this isn't like a, a state exam like this isn't like the school exam like this is a national exam and um so there's questions that maybe your school didn't dive too deep into like I had a lot of like essential oil and like holistic questions on mine and that I was just like oh wow thank god I already have this basic knowledge because I don't remember going over these things in school yeah I had a lot of diseases yeah so I actually pulled up right here from the website and if you want to look on this website to kind of see what the test goes over um I'll give the website right now and you guys could go through it with me or just listen along. So it's at www.nictesting.org. So that's N is in Nancy, I is in Igloo and C is in circle. So um, the test is broken down. I don't know if you remember this, Faith, but it's broken down into like two parts. There's the scientific concepts part and that's 60%. And then there's the uh, aesthetics practices part, and that's 40%. So that means that a lot 
of the test, more than half of the test is based on the physiology, anatomy part, um, sanitation and infection control, different, like more scientific things, the functions of the skin, Um, like they said, different diseases, tissues and organs and all those different things. All of that is 60% of the test. So making sure that you're well-versed on that in itself is super important because like we said earlier in this episode, you need at least 75% to pass. And so um, 60% of that is, you know, the anatomy. And then the other 40% is the aesthetics practices. So that's going, that's more over like procedures, um, practices, hair removal, basically things that are specific to our industry um, using different exfoliation methods, Fitzpatrick scales, et cetera, different stuff like that. And that's 40% of um, the actual test. So obviously both are very important to know, but I feel like the most important for me to study, even though it was my strong suit, was the scientific side, just because um, the aesthetic part, a lot of it comes as like second nature. You learn a lot of that, I feel like it's more hooked on at least in my opinion than the scientific side which more tricky and tedious yeah um so you do have to take and pass your practical first before moving on to your written and we can kind of dive into that first I guess kind of like details of what to expect from what when you're doing your practical exam, like signing up to getting there to what you need to walk in the door and what to expect when you're starting the atmosphere, just everything that kind of to expect. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I know typically did we sign up for the practical in school or did we have to do it on our own? I can't remember. You need to go on dlroup.com and sign up. Did they help us sign up before? Did they help us sign up before we graduated or did we do it on our own? We were supposed to sign up before we graduated. Okay. So you do that, get your time, date, location. Um, and then we did, you didn't take it when I took it, right? I think, I think it was me, Karima, and I want to say Deja. It could have been, no, I think it was Shawnee. It was me, Karima, and Shawnee, I believe. We went as a group because everybody had different days. I think everybody got assigned different days. So, like, you kind of talked to your girls and saw who was going on your day, kind of made it like a um, carpool type thing because ours was – we're in Charlotte and ours was in Raleigh, so it was a drive. And then getting there early, really important because um, you got to be there on time. If you're late at all, like, you're not going to take any wasted your time. Um, things to bring – that I was almost scared that I didn't have. Um, I can't, I know you have to have your mailed letter stating the date and time of your test. You have to have your ID. And do you have to have something else? No, you actually need your ID and you need the letter. And you also are not going to be able to bring inside with you any um thing whatsoever so no snacks you can't bring in any phones books purses watches nothing and it needs to come into a plastic bag so you'll be bringing that in you definitely want to arrive like for 30 minutes early 
And then if you, of course, if you have any like medications or anything like that, you can bring that, but that's also going to need to be placed inside of the plastic bag. And then your, every, all the supplies you need for the actual practical, that's the only thing you can bring in, whether you were like us and had a nice little rolling um, three drawer container, or some people literally just had everything in a bag, but not the easiest way to do it oh, that way. Uh, yeah, so there's a definitely ways that you can organize yourself to be prepared a little bit better. You can prepare yourself like we did through the school. So they set us up well with a plastic container. We were able to bag up our um, items by section of the practical exam, which we can break that down and talk about that as well. Um, and you'll need to also make sure that you have um, different like paper bag, two paper bags or flat bottom bags, bags, and those are going to be for your trash items and your soiled linens. So you want to have, and then you also need a closed container for your disinfected items. So you want to have all the things that you need um, as far as the tools you need for the test. And then you need to have those as well. And um, sorry, of course, you need your mannequin head that is shaved as well. So um, those are all the things that you'll be needing to come in with minus going into detail about specific items for each part, which we'll go into detail about that um, in just one second. And um, that is all that you need. I also read online that you cannot bring a coat either. So just make sure you dress warm depending on the season or you dress cool um, and just come with breakfast in your stomach or whatever at whatever hour you're going and make sure you're hydrated and you're just ready ready and prepared. Um, and also just a side note, a huge, basically the number one big step with testing for practical is definitely um, sanitation. And so the moment that you um, don't properly disinfect, and actually if you fail the, um, the blood exposure procedure, you will um, completely fail the test so that's another thing to just completely remember so it's really good to go in with a clear head and just not like moving slow but just moving without speeding through taking your time and really thinking before you touch the next thing have you sanitized um have you cleaned your area and etc because that's honestly the biggest thing in any of the beauty industries is making sure that you're performing a sanitary service um so yeah so you're never going to get marked off for sanitizing too much. So at the end of the day, if you're not sure, do it. Like you literally have like your sanitizer. And I mean, if you just happen to touch the table, take that sanitizer and put it back on your hands. You can't get points off for too much sanitation. So just do the most so you don't get cut off or get points off for not doing it. Yeah, 100%. Definitely sanitize as much as you can. That's the most important, um, the most important piece. Of yeah, the they're not going, exam, but they're, but they're not going to uh, take points off you for not laying a wax strip down properly. Like as long as you're doing it in the right, in the right direction. Yeah, in the right direction, yeah. in the right sanitation. Um, they're not going to mark you off because, oh, you did a little too high, a little too low, not perfect. It literally you actually can't matter. even use real wax in yeah. practical. You what have to use, use honey or another honey. honey, but you can use any other sort of alternative. Honey would definitely be the best. 
um, because you're not actually using real wax or really like real anything. Um, and so we'll talk about that when it comes to like bringing what items and stuff like that um, into the practical. Um, I have written down the different steps in the practical um, for um, beginning to end when it comes to um, how they do it. Um, when you start the practical exam, you're going to go in a room and have time to set up and stuff like that. And then once the exam starts, your instructors um, are instructor, the basically the proctors of the exam, they're not going to ever be able to talk to you um, unless it's an emergency. They can't say anything except for try your best. They can't answer a question. And they're going to read um, the instructions twice. You're breaking them up. twice, and then you're instructed to begin for the allotted time. Then you'll be up. So um, the first step that you're going to be doing is going to be the work area preparation and the setup of your supplies. So that's going to be um, a 10-minute period, and um, you're just completely getting everything prepared to set up for initially, like, your quote-unquote first client. Um, after you have that setup time for those 10 minutes, you're going to be moving on to client preparation and a basic facial. That step, the, that process will last for 25 minutes. Um, Faith, do you have anything to add, like interjectively between these? Um, if not, I'll just continue to read them off. I wasn't sure if you No, other than they typically do you in sections. So honestly, it's kind of crappy to be in the first section but if you're not in the first session honestly it's it's very beneficial because you get to watch other people do certain steps and kind of been like oh that's what they forgot let me make sure I don't forget that so honestly like look at people when they're doing stuff especially when they're doing things in sections and they're like all right these five people go ahead and do this part they they watch them then they're on to the next five people they do them so if you can watch as many people as you can during that actual exam do it no, definitely 100%. Um, that's the best way to do it. I can't remember if we had our separately, but I, I don't remember that like part per se, but that's definitely like a great tip because what, making sure that you have that time to watch somebody else, it definitely helps you prevent future mistakes. Um, but like I said, it is a three-hour thing, so that makes sense. Like you had said that we did it in steps because you're there for quite a while. There was a good amount of people that were in my testing group also. Um, and I think there were maybe two or three proctors that were inside of the room. Yeah, because you're in one room, and let's say like we're in one big like like a banquet room type thing and then there's just a bunch of tables all like typically in like either a circle you shaped or whatever some people on their wall but um so they can walk around and see everybody so you're literally right next. you're in arm's length of other people you're right next to other people so they did break sure. ours up into sections um where there was like oh we're doing like the cleansing part and they would watch a couple people then they would tell the other people to go and so no on, yes so. I actually remember that there were a few proctors um and basically they would start around the room and then they'd be like okay you're done and then whenever they were done they'd go to the next person and say you may begin pretty much so it's nice to be able to watch other people um uh, the other 
four little sections that's complete is the work uh, area preparation for the new client and the setup of supplies, um, which is going to be 10 minutes. And again, you're definitely remembering to sanitize and everything because as I just said, that's setting up for a new client. So now you're you know getting rid of the old supplies. And then um, the next one will be another new client preparation and a hair removal of the eyebrows using stimulated soft wax and tweezing. So that's when you're bringing out your honey and you're, um, you know, laying it in the right direction, et cetera. And you're going to be tweezing. I think I can't remember the exact amount of hairs. What it might be like three hairs or something. And you tweeze, fake tweeze the hair and um, you place it on like a cotton round and then throw it away. So that would be the new client preparation and hair removal one. And then the almost last step is the facial makeup. So you get through all of that. And then I will say, I know this probably sounds crazy because we practice it so many times, but the blood exposure procedure is the very last thing you do. It's a 10 minute part. And I feel like that was the most nerve wracking part for me, because if you fail this part, you fail the test period. It doesn't matter if you've got a hundred percent on the rest of the test. And um, we definitely practiced it a lot in Ayurveda. And I know I practiced it the night before just to make sure I had it right. But I feel like that was the only nerve wracking part for me was the blood exposure uh, procedure. Yeah, because it was a it was a do or die. Yeah, literally do or die. You will fail the whole test out of these 10 minutes. So you definitely want to make sure that you are, um, again, taking that part seriously and fully just prepared. And again, just to repeat sanitizing all the time, no matter what, if you are in doubt, then just make sure you sanitize um, that area. Yeah, nobody is grading you on skill. You are simply being graded on um, the proper way to do things. They don't care if you're doing it the best or the worst, as long as you're doing it correct. It's all that matters. Exactly. So I have a list of different things that you could bring if you're writing down a list or something like that. Um, And this is not an exact list. So please do not hold us accountable for giving you the exact list. Make sure you're doing your own research. But I did do this research and look on the website and get these things. Hopefully your school is also guiding you in the right um, direction. But I will ramble off a few things for you. Um, to know. So I already went over the bags that you need and the containers for your trash and linens and disinfected things, but you're also going to want to bring in hand sanitizer. You're going to make sure you want to bring in EPA registered disinfectant wipes. Um, it very specifically mentions here that you cannot um, bring a spray. So I don't know, I guess maybe they were able to bring sprays in the past, but you must bring um, wipes. Uh, you can also need to have gloves, you need to have your uh, head and body drapes. You need to have a bowl or container of water, paper towels, disposable towels, um, tissues, gauze, cotton rounds, sponges, and then applicators to remove the product. Um, especially when that you get the makeup, you're going to need to like scrape off the makeup to apply it. Um, you'll be needing to use things that emulate cleanser, toner, and a manual exfoliation product. You need to um, have something that show like a material to exfoliate. Um, you'll need your wet steam towels, a product for massaging, a mask product with color, a mask applicator, 
a sun protection and a moisturizer. You will also need tweezers, your wax um, supplies, wax strips, et cetera. Um, and then an empty makeup palette. So you maybe will receive that from your school. We also receive that from our school. And that's just for you to be able to, like I said, scrape out that foundation, the powder, the blush, the eyeshadow. And um, you'll also need to bring eyeliner with an eyeliner sharpener and mascara and a lip color. So um, those colors are not specific. They all instructed us to get a Dollar Tree makeup. That's definitely what I did. I just threw it out later. Not that big of a deal, but that's everything that you're going to need to be prepared for your practical. And like I've already said it before, but you have to get a 75% to pass. Um, once you pass the practical, you pass the podcast, but um, I also did think that it would be fun for us to answer some of the sample questions that I got from online, and I thought it'd be fun for maybe the people um, who are listening to also maybe answer along with us. So I have a few questions, some sample questions to ask you and me, and um, if you want to play along in the game phase. Yeah. Um which ones are I'm am I giving to you do I have them no it's on a website I have them right here how am I gonna ask you and I don't have the answer oh well you're right you can't ask me (laughs) so I guess I'll just ask the questions and I'll answer I'll ask the questions but we can both answer them and see if we're both right okay okay the answers aren't beside the questions Okay. okay all right so um, what is the term for the scientific study of skin? Is it myology? Is it angiology? Is it physiology or is it dermatology? Whoa, whoa, I'm whoa. Going with- yeah. Well, hold on. Repeat them because I was waiting for an answer that wasn't on there. <laughs> <laughs> the scientific study of the skin. Is it myology, angiology, physiology, or dermatology? I'm going to go with the second one. Uh, and angiology? Sure. None of them sound okay. correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with, I'm going with dermatology because if you're a dermatologist and you work with the skin, like. That makes sense, but. Oh, what is the answer? <laughs> okay. Hold on. I have to scroll down to the bottom. <laughs> okay. The answer is B, dermatology. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, but it was throwing me off because, like, I was it going to theology. Yeah. Oh, nah, right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, why wasn't it astrology? True. Yeah, my brain was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one says a product containing this one. I, okay. A product containing antiseptic reaches what level of deca- decontamination? Okay. It is disinfection is it sterilization is it ionization or is it sanitation and you want to get it says what product containing antiseptic reaches a product containing antiseptic reaches what level of decontamination so if it's an antiseptic is it disinfectant sanitizing or sterilizing 
Okay. I, I feel like an antiseptic is going to sterilize the area. An antiseptic. Uh, I kind of want to say disinfectant. It's going to disinfect the area. A, st- a sanitizing disinfectant sterilizing and i don't know what the other one is to be honest <laughs> okay so you're going with disinfect or sterilization i'm gonna go with sterilization because i feel disinfect. like an antiseptic disinfect mm-hmm. okay disinfect let me see it's d sanitation so it's okay so that's it has what I antiseptic then it only sanitizes it doesn't that's do what anything. i said at first it is i don't remember no, that's okay, what I you said went, at first. Okay. But I changed my answer. <laughs> and that is an example of why you should never, you should always go with your first answer, you guys. Go with that first answer. <laughs> yeah, because your process is sanitizing an area, then disinfecting it, then sterilizing yeah. it. But I never know what product does what unless it tells me what it does. Right. I need it. No, for <laughs> sure. I need the product to tell me what it's doing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which of the following is also, I feel like me and you are going to get this one right. I don't know. But which of the following is also referred to as the basal layer? And I feel like you're, you get um, bonus points, you, because I already see the thing, so I can't say it out loud, but the, bonus points if you can say it without getting the multiple choice do you know the the layer for the basal layer i'm drawing a blank right now even though i can okay see, so i'm gonna give you i give it see to the you. visual <laughs> you see our project from school i with see the, candy. the visual i literally have just been doing re-studies on this too so i don't know why my brain is blank okay so the 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 answers are stratum granulosum stratum lucidium um or uh, yeah, stratum ger- German native, germinativum, sorry, and stratum corneum. Okay, and what was the question? The basal layer. Which one is also called the basal layer? I'm going with the germinativum. Granulosum. Okay. Three is C. So it is the germinativum. Germinativum. Oh, where's my brain at? Don't ask me these questions. This, this, <laughs> this is one I definitely don't know whatsoever. Maybe you know because you wax more. During the antigen phase of hair growth, the hair is A, beginning to destroy itself, B, actively growing, C, shedding, or D, disconnecting from the papilla. Um, which? The antigen phase. Um, that is the first phase. Okay, so what is that? When it destroys itself or when it grows? When it grows. Okay, it says B. It says when it destroys itself. Wait, no, when it actively grows. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Versus Sorry, that grow. was reading the wrong one. I was like, yeah, hey, ding, ding, ding. Okay, I have it. These are the last four and then we can like wrap it up. Okay. A new client schedules for a series of chemical exfoliation treatments. When should the consultation form be reviewed and signed? Monthly? annually at the first treatment or at each treatment well that's a given at each treatment yes that is the correct answer things can always change things can always change your client could be put on a new medication you anything could literally change 
So, um, okay, the last three. Dilated capillaries can be seen beneath the sur surface of the skin are known as seborrhea, keratoma, telangiectasia, you know what I'm saying, and dehydrated. <laughs> and I picked the one I can't pronounce. Tanglacetasia, you know what I'm saying, girl. We'll go with whatever you say. I know it's that one. And I'm right um, there with you. Because I just remember that being the redness, because it's not a keratoma, it's not the seborrhea, and it's not dehydrated skin. When you can see the capillaries. Um, but yeah, okay, so hold on. Six. Um, yeah, it's the tang tang thing. It's the tangy. Yeah. It's tangy. <laughs> it's tangy. Y'all gonna know what I'm talking about. Y'all can probably pronounce that even me. Okay. We have melanocytes that are more active, will produce lighter skin. Darker skin, sebaceous skin, or dry skin. We better all know this one. It's darker skin. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. And then the last but not least, in addition to softening sebum, another function to the facial steamer is to oxygenate the skin, moisturize the skin, decrease circulation, or detoxify. Honestly, I'm going to say oxygenate the skin. Yeah. But it could here. be but it could be that it moisturize. I assume it's just oxygenation um especially when you use like the ozone and stuff like that yeah that's why that I would think be my that thought. it's oxygen because of the ozone literally but I feel like sometimes you could I feel like you don't want to do it too I don't think it's very moisturizing there's know, no so moisturizing properties because it's just steam and it's just water there's no right. actual that moisturizing properties to it yeah that's the trick answer definitely be careful for trick answers where you're like I mean, technically, I guess it could be moisturized. No, don't go with that one. Go no. with what's in your heart. Because um, and the answer is A. So it is oxygen. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Cheers. <laughs> we got the basic ones. <laughs> <laughs> we got the ones that we know, right? The ones that are important. <laughs> <laughs> Not for sure. Um, no, that was fun, though. It was funny because when I was, like, even reading over some of these, I was like, you know what? I'm glad that I signed up for the Master Estheticians course because I want to do a revamp of my education. Like, I feel like it's important to just touch back up on certain things. Tell me a little bit more about that. that. Yeah, so little side talk about this. I recently decided to sign up for a master's esthetician course. And um, first I did, did a little bit of research because, you know, there's like Sedesco and then there's the NCEA, um, which I decided to go with them because I looked on their website and there was um, a basic, there's basically a bunch of like what not testimonials and I looked up into it and basically a lot of the people who did testimonials from Charlotte they were all working under plastic surgeons which I thought was very important they were doing a lot of you know great things so basically doing the master esthetician course is getting an extra 600 hours um you still you have to take another exam and they just dive a little bit deeper into your education in your training and it really sets you up to kind of stand out and apart from your other um peers when it comes to like how much you've dedicated into your career um so I recently signed up you have to be first aid CPR certified um so I'm taking my CPR certification next Friday um and then you basically do the studying and then you take a test 
online and it is like proctored. Like it's people are watching you as you take it on your computer. And so I'm really excited. They, after you pass the test, um, you can, and it's a little bit more strict, actually, you have to get an 80% on this and you also have to, uh, there's a couple other little like side things that you have to like do to be involved, like as an esthetician, um, you have to have insurance and stuff like that. So basically they're making sure you're almost like a top-notch esthetician, getting a, more learning and having more responsibility or more expectations of you and your practice. And um, they have a job board where they'll launch your resume to work where like plastic surgeons and other um, like dermatologists go and actually source for estheticians to work in their company. So I thought it was a good way for me to um, just expand my knowledge. And also, like I was telling you, Faith, I want to open like a post-op um, and day spa with my best friend who is going for her um, doctorate in nursing and she loves post-op care. And so we want to be able to offer like a place that does injectables and lots of other different things. So I wanted to just be able to get like everything that I needed to have and further my aesthetics knowledge, like as far as I can take it. Yeah, I think that's great, especially for like seasoned estheticians to um, bump their game up. I think that's really key. Um, how much was the investment in so, this particular? Yeah, so they have a couple different ways to go about it. You can spend $600 um, and well, really what they have three different options. They have a $664 option, which is what I did because I didn't want to feel the pressure of a time frame. And what you do is you pay in steps. So first you order your training manual and you pay for that, which was like $114. And then you pay for your application fee, which is like 175. And then you pay for the exam, which is like 300 something, okay? But then also on top of that cost of 664, you also have to pay to get your CPR certification. So that cost me like $88. And then you also have to be insured, which is like around 200 to $250 a year to get insurance and then you also have to be a member of their association which was like $60 or something so it's like I want to say less than a thousand you know like more like $800 total but a great investment no like seriously I honestly didn't think twice about it just after doing like the research and I actually took maybe like two hours going from their testimonial page and actually looking up the people who left the testimonials and like fact checking what they're doing now. And all the people that I looked up who were from Charlotte were on the plastic surgery page, making the esthetician content, lead estheticians, head estheticians. I've also been reading a lot into Dermascope and um, other magazines. And a lot of the contributors or people who are on boards and associations as estheticians are licensed or um, licensed master estheticians. Um, even if it's not recognized in their state which it's not in North Carolina but it's recognized nationally and so um I just wanted to be able to just be an excellent esthetician to be honest like I love being a part of the community and stuff like that so I wanted to do that and step up as an esthetician in the esthetician community and just continue maybe to work towards like a leadership and um you know leadership role yeah, I think yeah. I literally love having as much under my belt as I possibly can. 
for sure. Like it definitely feels stop. good to be educated. For sure. Do we have anything else to go over with our state board episode? So for specifically for state board, I didn't have anything else. I don't believe um, that was put out. I think we gave all the information we can low key give. Um, and I think it's a lot of good starting point. If you guys want to, Again, I'll just say really quick the websites you could go on to. You could go on to DL as in dog and low. Um, DL root, R-O-O-P-E dot com and get a lot more information on that practical. And that's also where you're going to be putting in your application. And then also you can go on to the um, NIC testing um, dot com and that's going to get you um, all the information you need for that national written exam um, and then also if you're interested in the um, getting becoming a master esthetician you can do it with a with only 100 hours left needed in your regular SD um, program and you could go to nceacertified.org and um, join which would be pretty cool too so make sure to do all those things and just remember to um, always be learning and always studying. And I think um, a key point to getting ready for your state board as well is kind of um, make sure your educators that are prepping you for this next step are being really detailed and not just like having you hang to dry and just figure it out yourself like really get on them even if it's like individually or with some girls that you're in the class with like if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing to like really give you the confidence especially in the practical exam part just like make your voice heard let them like know that you really need to feel confident going in this and to be really organized and really precise about everything that you have and being ready because it is a little overwhelming 100% ask questions ask questions ask questions ask questions but that's all I got same here I'm super excited because now we are leading up to our next episode and our last episode in this four-part aesthetic school series and we're talking about what now now that we're done with school where do we go from here what are um, our choices and how are we moving so you guys stay tuned for next week when we go over that and again as always if you have any questions comments or concerns please let us know give us an email shoot us a dm um leave a comment wherever you feel willing and ready and leave us that beautiful five-star review please because we would love to continue to be able to reach more skincare lovers and estheticians out there and we have some fun other episodes coming up after our series so keep checking in every monday and we're going to be posting consistently yes i can't wait to talk to you guys next week peace we'll see you next monday thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the skin talk podcast if you're enjoying the show please feel free to rate subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts we really appreciate that effort and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Skin Talk Podcast.